Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Hi, and welcome back to Conversations with Anna. Got a conversation today. I'm not really sure what all we're going to talk about, so I can't set it up for you, but I have a couple stories for you, and they revolve again around you, yourself, your boundaries, your circle of control, and how you go about and applying that to the world. So my whole golden ticket philosophy, figuring out who you are, accepting that, being able to articulate that, And then going out and giving that gift to the world. So in looking at that and thinking about my own habits, my own personality traits, I did something for the first time in 14, over 14 years. I quit Facebook this weekend and I've never done that. I think it's kind of sometimes very passive aggressive and cliche when people make an announcement and then everybody fawns all over them and then they're like, I'm back. I get it. I get why they do it. I don't judge them for doing it because I've had those moments. I've just never made the post, but I made the post. And I'll tell you what's super frustrating because I have to be on Facebook for my job. I also am in some incredibly meaningful Facebook groups. Facebook groups that helped me get this podcast launched, Facebook groups that helped me do my job, Facebook groups for this podcast of people that I draw energy from and hopefully give energy back to. I am in Facebook groups for my Instapot (laughs) that like help me with dinner. I'm in a Weight Watcher Facebook group that provides me tons of inspiration. I'm in a lot of really great Facebook groups. And what's so funny about this is Oh, I don't know, it's probably been nine months ago now. I was asked to come and speak on Facebook groups. I have a doctorate in social media. Like, I love doing that. And I talked about trends in Facebook, how Facebook was moving a little bit away from their traditional newsfeed and going towards groups because people were getting really exhausted and fatigued from the Facebook feed and groups felt better. And they felt better because of more manipulation with the algorithm, because we are pack people, right? We're tribal. We have always been tribal. We love that interaction. There's more trust and more positivity and more accountability and more communication 
around things we all have in common. So if I'm in a DIY marketing group, if I'm in a group of people that do podcasts, even the 2.4 million people who use an Instapot, there is a reason we're all together and it feels more altruistic than just your Facebook feed. But I will tell you, I have tried super hard through this whole pandemic to share like nutty, funny stuff. And I had a lot of messages from people that are like, this is the best part of this whole thing is all of this levity and humor. And all I need is just a little bit of validation, just like the rest of you. And I'm like, well, then I'm here for this, right? Let me put my big peacock feathers on and put on my martyr hat and I will continue to share memes to make your life better because that's my calling apparently, which it is funny. I make fun of that, but that is not self-deprecation. That's the slightest bit of humor, but I took this VIA via strengths um, assessment through work and it was free. My top strength is humor and no kidding. Today's thing is your humor is an act of kindness to people. So I feel very validated in that. I feel like, yes, that's what I was doing. But at some point, the world got sideways enough and other strengths and personality things kicked in to where I was becoming more of the communicator, the educator, the maximizer, the activator, all of those things around politics and the pandemic and then back to school and people that I probably necessarily wouldn't stop to talk to on the street were finding their way into my feeds and like arguing with me and my friends. And, you know, it just became like way, way, way too much. And then I've got that group of people who appreciate me because I will say what they can't or what they won't. And I got to tell you that in some weird, dark recesses of my personality feels really good. Like I should again have that cape and, you know, we should have a parade for me because I got a big mouth and I'm an Enneagram 8, I stand for truth and justice, I'm a rebel, I'm all the things that other people like to see me type in all caps on my Facebook feed, and it doesn't do me any good. It's exhausting, quite honestly. And I started looking again at where is my bucket being filled? And there's just way too much going on in the world right now for me to just keep sharing funny memes and not share other things. And I wasn't trying to change anybody's mind I do have some amazingly talented, gifted, brilliant friends. I have friends who think the exact opposite as me, and we stay off of each other's like opinion feeds and political feeds. It's beautiful. Those are people I love and respect. I know they feel that way about me because they just let me keep posting without jumping on board. I got other people in different categories, and I find myself thinking, I just, I don't have it in me to go through and unfriend people anymore or to jump off of certain people. Like, I don't want to do that. And there's a story behind that. I'm not judging you if you do it, but I will tell you the story. Two years ago, I was at a social media conference and kind of had my mind blown, which is why you go to conferences, you go to learn. But a person who I consider a, a brilliant presenter very talented strategist, works with a lot of nonprofits, stood up and talked about the fact that we in social media know that engagement is what powers the algorithms of these social media sites. So if you are not designing your uh, followers and the people you engage with around what you're interested in and what feeds you, then you're doing it wrong. 
And you can't be mad at this, the platform. You can't be mad at their rules and policies. You can't be mad at other people who keep creeping into your prof- or into your newsfeed. You own that. And you know how I feel about circle of control. I owned that. So I sat there and Chris showed us like this little app you could run your Twitter account through and you could find out what your engagement percent was and the top accounts that you engage with and your most um, engaged, like um, interacted with followers, all this stuff. It was a real eye opener for me. And I realized I was still following people on Twitter that I, I probably wouldn't recognize them if they pulled into my driveway. My son's like kindergarten teacher account was still on there. She didn't even teach at school anymore. Like I really had just not taken the time to go clean that up. And that can be symbolic or metaphorical, however you want that to be. But I spent, I think, probably 16 of the following 48 hours going through and just housekeeping. I unfollowed a ton of accounts. I checked to see if people were still active, if I was going to follow them. Because I was a marketing professor, I was following all these brands and athletes and all these people. I created Twitter lists for those and just unfollowed them. And I have to tell you, it was literally overnight. My Twitter account got more fun, more engaging. It was just a better experience. So I learned then I'm in control of that. I mean, there may be an algorithm that, you know, even Einstein can't explain. And there may be all these other contributing factors, but I'm in control of that. And if social media is made up of words, social and media, right? Like It needs to be social. I can't just get on there and lurk. I can't get on there and read things. I can't get on there and creep. I mean, let's, I'm not lying. I do. We all do. That's part of why it works. But I decided then and there, I'm going to get more intentional about who I let into my living room. That's what I'm calling this, right? It's my living room, especially Facebook. My Facebook is locked down. I don't take strangers as friends. We have to have some sort of relationship. That's where I put more pictures of my kid. I'm more vulnerable. I'm more open. I can tell you my professional career as a teacher and probably at Walmart, my whole professional career, very few people who engaged with me on a professional level could have told you what political party I was, what religion I was. Like, I I just have always been a very staunch professional when it comes to those things. And I feel like as an educator, it is not my job to discuss my politics. It is my job to help you understand how to vet information and how to research and how to come up with your own feelings, thoughts based on your own value system, morals, and, you know, viewpoint of the world. I have never leaned in any different direction in the classroom And that's where I do those things on Facebook. I mean, that's where I feel free to do those things. So my Facebook's locked down, my LinkedIn, my Instagram, my Twitter, those things are all wide open. But my personal Facebook, you kind of have to earn your spot. And then you get all of me, good, bad, or indifferent. And it's kind of who I've been lately. And I had that thrown in my face a couple times in the last couple weeks about you should know better. Um, you have all this influence and this education and you say all these things. And, you know, I was like, okay, um, clearly, clearly those people with that mindset are not here what I'm here for. And then I had to take some real stock over the weekend because I walked in to show my husband something and he looked at me and I could just tell by the way he looked at me (laughs) that I wasn't being true to myself And he was like, okay, what do you have to tell me? But 
Like, this is not what we do, and this is not what you do, and this is not what that social media platform is for. So I read him something else on Facebook, and he looked at me. He goes, I appreciate you sharing that with me, and I would love to talk about how you feel about that, but you do know this is why I got off Facebook years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I do know that. Because he's like, other people's impressions and opinions of the news don't change the news. Like, you have to stop. And then that's when it hit me. Like, I really was going to Facebook so much. I've been going so much, especially because of being at home in this pandemic and working from home. I go there for work. I go there for fun. I go there for my friends. I go there for education, for, you know, many things. I go there for these groups. I go there for so much. And it's just not healthy right now. So there was a lot of my freedom that I was handing over, a lot of my time I was handing over, and just honestly, a lot of my joy. And I just thought, I can't do this anymore. And it isn't anybody's fault necessarily, including me. It just became too much. And part of that, I think, is I've got some raw nerve endings around what's happening with a lot of things in the world on a personal level. So I'm not going to talk about that here. It's not what this podcast is about. But I had to recognize that, again, healthy boundaries involve not just other people. I had I had exercised some healthy boundaries early on, um, unfriending people, moving away from you know, listening to people, those types of things, muting, the muting of the people, all the things, because I'm not, I'm never really one to get like, all up in somebody's comment section. I'm not one to try to change your mind. But it just bothers me um, to some level with what's going on in the world and just how divided we are. So I decided I have to take that back. And I made a promise to myself, like, I can get on Facebook and do my job. I can get on Facebook and go to my groups. And I'll get on Facebook. I love checking my memories. It's like one of my favorite. I mean, when you've been on a, a, a social media account for 15 years, that morning memory, I, I do that while my Keurig is going. Like, I go through all my memories and look at old videos and pictures and comments and, you know, all these different things. And it's, it brings joy to me. So I'm doing the joyful things. I've really gotten intentional again with Twitter. I had kind of abandoned Twitter, um, which is a real problem because that's really my, my, if I if I had a profile um, that was a love language, that was a social media platform, it would be Twitter for me. I've made some just amazing contacts on Twitter and I've kind of just let those slide over the last few months. So I've, I kind of rearranged all that stuff in the last 48 hours. And since then, I've had better text threads with my friends. I've had a friend over to social distance on my back porch. That was quite honestly, I probably should turn her name into my insurance company because it felt like a therapy session. I have sent thinking of you messages. I have just been more intentional in my real relationships, which if the social part of social media is what I love, then I have everything else. And you know, what's super funny is I feel like I haven't like all that FOMO of not being on social media. People are still sending me messages, screenshots. (laughs) They're sending me all these things that would ordinarily, I would read it and then I would jump on to the social media platform and do all kinds of investigation because I got to be a learner. And then I would formulate some snarky, sarcastic 
post and put it out there. And then all the people who want to stand behind me while I, you know, make big mouth comments would just love it and like it and it'd be cute and fun and whatever. But I'm just like, I'm tired. I'm super, super, super tired. And I posted that and had uh, heard from Kylie, episode 14, about my 16 personalities. And Kylie was like, are you okay? What's going on? You know, those types of things. And we got to bantering back and forth. And she's, it's so funny. Like, she's so good at this. She said, what is your Q4 score? And I was like, oh, you know what that means? Like, I had to run pull my 16 PF report. And your Q4 score is your stress report. And I, or your stress score. And I had to laugh because between tension and relaxation, like, those are the two ends. I'm a five. And she's like, do you feel stressed out? And I was like, no, I am rarely stressed out. But vulnerability for me, very hard. (laughs) And some of these other things, not good. So I think those were where I got out of whack. And she did ask, like, do you meditate? And I was like, girl, I don't get stressed. Like, I don't, like, my brain just does not meditate. Well, I don't do well with meditation. And she's like, well, you should try these breathing exercises. So she sent me a couple of descriptions, sent me a video. I'm going to tell you why I've done that twice today. It's like hitting a reset button. It is really, truly, honestly, I mean, I could give you like a million uh, medical terminology descriptions. I could go through what all this is. But I just have to tell you, that works for her. She tells me about it. And I was like, oh, you just need me to lay down, put my arms across my stomach and take deep breaths. Like, I can do that. And man, it really, truly is like centering and grounding again. And it has been good for me. And I feel like I just needed a reset. And I'm not going to point a finger at one human besides me that brought this on. So when I want to talk about boundaries, I want to talk about being like in, in, the, in it to win it for yourself. These are the moments you have to have and you have to recognize these things. And I was having um, a phone call, Ashley Sieb from or previous episodes called me and I'm not going to lie. She called me on Saturday and I knew right away. If you have listened to episode seven where Ashley talks about the uh, farmer's market egg rolls, I knew when my phone rang Saturday morning is egg roll at the farmer market day. And I could not answer it fast enough. <laughs> she was on the way to the zoo, but we did talk about egg rolls, but we started talking about, our boundaries and like how we needed to balance and those types of things. And God love her. I'm just so impressed. Like she's so good at going out and getting physical exercise. And as I read more about my personality type and balance in my life, I should really be doing that too, but I am not going to should all over myself because I am not doing that right now. I have some other things I'm trying to do like breathing. (laughs) I'm going to work my way up to some, you know, moderate exercise on a consistent basis. But she's so good at that. And I'm always so proud of her for it. So we were talking about these things. And she said, well, what was good for you this week? And I said, you know, what was fantastic is I had this phone call. I had two of them, actually. But I had gotten an email from a gentleman who listened to me on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast talking about LinkedIn for high school students. And he has this amazing, amazing coaching um, practice where he talks to high school students and parents and he has this just I was so impressed with the whole thing five-step program for helping high school students not only learn about their strengths and their personality types but then what 
experiences, even at like 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, what experiences have you had where you have seen these at work? How did it make you feel? And which one of these would you like to apply in the future? I mean, he does this really great job. So I'm saying to him, why wouldn't you do this with people my age? Why wouldn't you do this with half of the world that's out of work right now? And he said, you know, I have to stay in my lane. I have to be very intentional about my why, because I started this because I did not feel like my high school student was supported when he was going through this. And that is the group of people I want to work with. Well, how beautiful is that? He is not giving up his why or expanding it or diluting what he wants to do for that 15 to 18 year old cohort. He is staying super intentional. And I thought, man, that is some amazing and beautiful self-discipline. So we, he says to me, I want to hire you to teach me how to teach LinkedIn to these high school kids. Because he's like, it's not something I'm that, you know, well-versed in. But I feel like I could learn from you the way you interact with people, the way I've heard you on your podcast, and the way I heard you on High School Hamster Wheel. And I said, I will help you but I am not taking a penny from you, right? Because that's adding value to what you do. And you just that feels wrong. People that I am passionate about helping. And I'm like, dude, I do not charge to help the helpers like you want to pour into these high school students who I honestly think need as much of this as they can possibly get. I will do this for you for free. So we set up two phone calls. And for two hours, two days in a row, had the best conversations. He took tons of notes, we recorded it, he was super Uh, you know, like appreciative. But you know, the first thing the man said to me, and this is what I was explaining to Ashley, he says, like, I can't thank you enough for taking time to do this. And he said, I just I'm I got up this morning excited because I knew I was going to talk to you. And you're always super excited and upbeat and positive. And you made me feel like I was going down this right path, trying to learn LinkedIn and that it's the right thing for these students. And he's like, I'm just here. And I'm just a sponge. And I'm ready to learn from you. And I was like, well, yeah, isn't every student I've ever talked to feel that way? Uh, No. (laughs) So I was like, see, that to me is like a payment, like having somebody like give you that level of feedback before I ever open my mouth. And he said, I do have one question for you, though. And I said, yeah, okay." And he's like, what do you think is behind your generous spirit? And I was like, what did he ask me? I thought we were going to start with how do you change your LinkedIn URL? I was like, what? He's like, you have the most genuine and generous spirit about you. Where do you think that comes from? And I told Ashley, like, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I did find out later, Jay had some, um, like, pastor and youth group leading experiences. Like, he was very centered and very faith-based and very spiritual, which I love. But I was like... Well, I, you know, like, that's a great question. And I have been thinking about that. I mean, I can't even really honestly remember what I told him. I did tell him, like, I just feel very fortunate. And I've worked with all these groups of people. And I love to get, you know, and I talked a little bit about my personal. I'm not even quite honestly, I was in such a fog. I'm not even really sure what I told him. I'm sure it sounded good because he's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) But that question knocked me completely off my feet. And I will tell you the second thing that happened because of that is I have been struggling with journaling because I have always thought faster than I can write. I don't believe in like filling up page after page after page after page of things that I'm never going to probably go back and read unless I just have to get it out. 
I can type. I don't know. Last time I checked, it was over 300 words a minute. Like, I should just do that. And here we go with the shoulding all over yourself. And I've just not found value. And I asked this question on the Conversations with Anna Facebook group. Like, how are you guys doing with journaling? What works? What doesn't? And somebody said something about bullet journaling. And I was like, I think I would like really enjoy that. But every time somebody shows me bullet journals... They're like super cute and they're they're pretty and they're creative and they're all the things that I would put a lot of pressure on myself because I don't have that gene. So I've just kind of stayed away from it. But after I got off the phone with Jay that day, I went in and I asked my husband that same question. And he just stared at me and he said, I could see where that question would throw you because that's not something that you're good at accepting. Like you feel like you're in some like service. And I was like, mm, acts of service, my love language. You know, like, And he said, I think you should think about that. And I was like, yeah. And then I came in my office and I dug out some old composition notebook and I started to like bullet journal. And I'm kind of taking my own medicine here. You guys should be proud of me. All week when I have thought of things that have happened in my life or that are lenses that I look through or that I believe is some sort of guiding factor in my life or that I remember is part of my, you know, personality profile or my strengths. I come in and I write that down and I haven't been like racking my brain over it. But you know, when you have that lens, that yellow car, yellow car, yellow car, and you really start to think about what's good in your life, what has, what formed you in this way, what brought you to where you got here today, what were you, the, the things that, the things and the people who made you who you are today, which is another reason I love Facebook, right? I'm, I'm friends with like nine of my high school teachers. And for them to see that chatty little disengaged girl in the back of the room who didn't really try very hard and just showed up every day to see her friends be me today. Like they love that. And I love that they got to see that. And I love that I made that journey. So I think there's a lot of pit stops of gratitude in my life that I if I manage all of this well, that's what I can focus on. So I told you I had no idea what we're gonna talk about today. I just had a lot to say and a lot of rambling. But Ashley and I talked about that question from Jay and just how amazing that was. And then she said, that seems like a whole podcast episode about boundaries for yourself where you have to draw back, not between you and other people or not between you and situations, but between you and what you know. And I was like, yeah. And I started thinking about people that have done that. And I'll tell you this story about Mike. Mike and I worked together at a previous employer and a vice president role opened up. And there was not a question in anyone's mind that Mike was the most qualified, had the most experience, had the best skill set, and would be the absolute best person for that job. And we were all kind of frightened that he would take it because we really liked having Mike on our team. So I go into his office one day and tried to make chit chat, but I'm not very good at it because I was like, hey, how are you? And he's fine. And I was like, are you taking that job? <laughs> And he said, I'm going to tell you what I know, and I'm going to tell you why I'm in this job, is I would be good in that job. I would be good in that job, but that job would not be good for me. And I'm not taking that job because that is not something that I'm willing to commit to, and I have to stay true to myself. 
And even though I love to serve and I believe in this place and I know I would do a good job in that position, I would not be good in that role for me. Would not be good for me and I can't do that to myself because then that bleeds onto my family and everything else. And I am not taking that job because it would not be good for me. And I thought, well, (laughs) okay. Like very few people have that level of self-awareness and understanding to say, yeah, no, I don't want to be a vice president of this position because I don't think I would handle all of the stress and negativity and, you know, conflict and scrutiny and deadlines, whatever it was for him. I don't know what it was. And you know what? He didn't need to tell me. It was not my business. My business was, friend, are you taking this job? And his response to me was, no, even though I know I would do well for that job, I would not do be doing well for myself in that job. I absolutely positively reflect on that statement from him so often because how many people get themselves in jobs, relationships, friendships, social media, conversations, whatever it might be that they know are not good for them, but they can't help themselves because of whatever it is. And I think the whatever it is from my lens is the self-worth, self-understanding, and the ability to just say no. And that's why I did the podcast on the power of no, like episode 12, where we talk about saying no is an absolute gift to yourself. And I don't, I think when we talk about setting boundaries, it feels like I'm telling you to run to Lowe's and back your truck up and load up with supplies and get your tool belt and maybe watch a couple of YouTube videos and check out Pinterest and see what kind of a giant barrier you can build between you and whatever's on the other side that you're trying to protect yourself from. And boundary setting does not have to be building walls. It does not have to be a ton of effort. It can be a hiatus. It could be putting your phone down. It could be standing up for yourself with a just a, two, a one word sentence, right? No, it could be, it could come in a lot of forms. And the other thing I think we have to remember is that by not setting boundaries because you were worried about upsetting people, that does not make you a good person. That does not make you a better person. That's not love. That is not love of the other person because that's not an authentic interaction. That's not an authentic relationship. And it certainly does not help you love yourself because you are not staying true to yourself. So if you have something or someone in your life that makes you feel hurt or drained, or you feel like you're running on empty, and maybe you don't know what it is out of all the spinning plates in front of you right now, maybe you are attributing the being drained and the feeling uninspired and exhausted and all those things to the number of plates. Well, again, that's up to you. And that's your circle of control. You cannot continue to sacrifice or say yes for things to demonstrate care or to demonstrate ability or to demonstrate your self-worth because that's not how that works. So you have to put your self-care first Figuring out, you know, like just sometimes leaving your house to take a walk, 
when there's laundry and there's all these other things on your to-do list or whatever it might be, or having the audacity (laughs) to get up in the middle of the day and go do it, right? Just like, if you think about, for those of us working from home, the number of conversations that I have on any day at someone's desk, in the hallway, in the break room, walking to my car, phone calls, niceties, whatever. If I roll those up and that's 25 minutes a day, that's me laying down and breathing because I'm going to tell you what, that was cool. Or me going for a walk around the park in my neighborhood. Those types of things exhibit self-care. That's a boundary. And I have to tell you this, the right people in your life want you to take care of yourself. They can't take care of you. You shouldn't allow that. They shouldn't try. They cannot take care of you. No one can take care of you but you because no one really knows what you need besides you. And other people are not going to just interpret your boundaries because you have to tell them what those are and make them respect that. And if you set a boundary and that's some sort of a trigger for another person to become angry or uncomfortable or upset, that is not about you. And your boundary, that does not mean you should not have set that boundary. It means that you have some sort of imbalance in your relationship with that person. Your self-care, your self-understanding, being true to yourself is more important than anyone else's comfort. And when I say anyone, I mean anyone. I can't tell you the number of times I look in the eyes of my darling child and I love him more than my own life. But if I need a minute, if I'm trying to like take a breather, if I've been doing stuff all day and he wants to, he's 14, he's giant. If he wants to climb up in the chair and sit with me, the first thing that runs through my mind is I should, I should all over myself. I should on myself because he's only going to live with me four more years. If I push him off this chair and tell him I need 10 minutes to myself, I will regret that in six years when he's gone and I can't reach out and touch him. Oh my gosh, right? Like get over yourself. Sometimes it's it's better for him if I say, hey, give me 10 minutes to just take a breath and decompress. And then we, you and I will like cuddle on the couch and do whatever. We've been watching Supermarket Sweep lately from the 90s. I got to tell you, that's some of the best fun we've had in a long time. So <laughs> if he comes to me and wants to watch it, I don't drop what I'm doing unless I'm ready to drop it. Because I have to also model for him how to use your your words, how to use boundaries, how to say what you need. And he's simple. Five minutes, 10 minutes. Okay, I'll be back. Right? It's <laughs> And what I think why I'm telling you this is if a mother's love and a mother's guilt will allow me to do this with this 14 year old who has these gorgeous blue eyes and these unnaturally long eyelashes, if I can look him in the eye and be like, dude, give me five minutes just to take a breath, or I'm going to go for a walk and then I'll come back right? Like if I can do that with him and I can certainly do it with any adult person out there because I don't have that like weird mom toxic guilt stuff with them. So again, other people's comfort and self-care are important too. And sometimes if you will be the one to draw the line, make the statement, shift, ask for an accommodation, explain your hesitation, talk about your boundary, It's a gift for everybody. And I'm not trying to tell you be first. I'm not trying to tell you be vocal or be whatever you have to be about it because you're trying to teach everybody else the lesson. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I just need for you to understand that this is 
absolutely positively necessary for yourself. And it's so hard to recognize. But I will tell you, I may not be to the root of what has me so... I don't even know what you would call me right now. I just am vulnerable. I, When I explained it to Kylie in text message last night, I said, I feel like my nerve endings are all raw and exposed. And I'm j- everything is exhausting to me. And you know what's funny is I'm explaining this to him or to her on the phone. I'm thinking back to how Ashley, my <laughs> Wonder Woman extrovert, again, who you met in episode six and seven, has had the hardest time during this um, quarantine and shelter in place kind of stuff. She gets her energy from being out with people. And this has been super hard on her. And I think that is not me necessarily, but I do, I am an extrovert. So maybe this is just catching up, but I will tell you what I know. I'll tell you what I know about what I don't know. And that is, I have to start eliminating things that I think are contributing to these symptoms until I can get to the root cause. And if it was bad enough and I was depressed or I was irritable or I was in some other really toxic place, I would head right to my therapist in a million like steps. I would be there and get it taken care of. I'm not there yet. I'm just out of balance and it doesn't jive with how happy and healthy and grateful and blessed I am in my life right now. So I will tell you, I took a look, good hard look at my phone that day that I walked into my husband's you know, office and he was looking at me like, I know you're about to tell me something else that's on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm tired of that. And I thought, I really have to address this first. And it has been a good good three days. It has been super healthy and I have reconnected. I feel good. So I honestly think maybe that was part of it. And there's probably some other contributing factors that I'm well aware of, but those are things I'm going to have to wait and see on. So I don't mean to be cryptic, but I don't mean to to use you all as therapists either. So I'm not going to unload all my personal stuff on you, but okay. So this was a lot of talking in circles. (laughs) And I caught myself referring back to all of these other podcast episodes. And I can't tell you just how deeply entwined all of this is. If we go back and we look at the podcast episodes in order where I first talked about, after I talked about myself, after I talked about like how important it is for me to have you understand yourself, accept yourself love yourself, and then go out and, you know, use your golden ticket in the world and share your gifts. I talked about falling into the trap of things looking good. That was episode two. Doing things because it looks good. Doing things because of what other people will think. Doing things because that's what your neighbors believe or what they talk about, right? There's a lot of that going on right now. Not only falling into the trap of it looks good, but I will tell you one of my triggers on Facebook these last several weeks is how judgmental we are of everyone else and what they are doing or not doing and the the constant, you know, video surveillance and shaming and everything else being put up. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of this civil unrest, we need to be like highlighting that and sharing that far and wide. But other things, I'm not judged 
jury and executioner of these people. I, I do not walk in their shoes. I'm trying to keep all of my plates spinning and my balls that I'm juggling in the air and my people, you know, good. So <laughs> the it looks good back and forth, to and fro. Uh, looks good for you, looks good for them, whatever that looks like. We talked about personality assessments. I cannot tell you, just like when Kylie asked me yesterday, what was your Q4 score? What was your stress score? I have gone back and really combed through my strengths. Am I deploying those as strengths? Am I leaning on those as weaknesses? Am I being positive? Am I being true? Am I fully understanding where all of this motivation and these stressors are coming from within myself? So important. Episode five, we talked about the I'm sorry, the constant apologies for things. And I found myself wanting to apologize to a friend yesterday on text message because she's like, I can't believe you're not on Facebook. You bring me and I wanted to say, look, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have meant it. So I didn't say it. But I can't be sorry for things I'm really not truly sorry for. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to shame myself. I'm not going to put that on myself for those things. So I saved those I'm sorry's for when I truly need to apologize and I haven't gotten there with anything, right, that I've talked about in this episode yet. So episode six and episode seven is where we met Ashley. And if you want to talk about somebody who struggles with the current world that we're in, and because of her personality type, because of her being an extrovert, because of how she processes, because of where she's at on her self-awareness and self-love journey, go back and listen to episode six and seven, because I will promise you when you think about what Ashley has been through and where she has gotten, you will feel better about your journey. And if you don't, then you can start to deploy some of her backpacking, (laughs) unpacking of the backpack and those types of things. Um, We talked a lot about love, light and kryptonite and listening to your inner voice and those types of things with Joe Baldwin Trot. We talked about imposter syndrome You know, imposter syndrome is another um, really big one that we constantly have to think about. And I mean, I could go on for days. I have talked about that episode to so many people about how imposter syndrome is misinterpreted. The power of being able to say no, and that isn't always turning down an opportunity. You know, what I did was said no to how I'm spending my time and and what I'm giving access to in my bandwidth, my mental bandwidth is what I was saying no to when I removed the Facebook, you know, app from my phone. I talked about uncertainty and waiting for the right time. I can't even begin to tell you how much of the outside world is so chaotic right now. And decisions are being made and laws are being passed and statements are being made by politicians and dates are being handed down and ultimatums are being made. We don't have any control over that. So the uncertainty is huge, but that drives you straight into your circle of control. That is really the only thing you can focus on is how you respond to these things, how you give your time to it, circle of control. So as I look back on what to to call this episode, maybe we're going to call it like our midterm. (laughs) Maybe we are week, you know, 16 of my podcast and we need to have a review session and we need to figure out what the what the exam is going to look like for us. And we need to prepare for an assessment and not a personality assessment, but just an overall assessment of all of these things that we've talked about in these conversations. And how are we doing with it? 
And maybe you deserve to flip the page over in your journal and go back through, like I just did, 14 episodes of self-discovery, of self-awareness, of self-acceptance, of talking and saying things out loud that are positive and beautiful about your gifts and your talents and your strengths, and then figuring out how to step forward with that, with your golden ticket in your hand. That's why I'm the golden ticket professor, right? As soon as you figure out what it is, what your purpose is, what you're all about, then you step forward and you start handing that ticket out to other people to be punched where you can share all of these gifts to the people who are ready for them. So this was a very much kind of like one of my classes where I didn't know what I was going to talk about when we walked in. (laughs) But we ended up doing a review of all of our material. So I hope this was a helpful conversation It was very cathartic for me in some ways, but from what I'm hearing from people who are still out there letting comparison be the, you know, thief of their joy and energy, what I'm still hearing from people trying to deal with the pandemic and the back to school plans and the mask wearing and the Black Lives Matter, all the things going, what I'm hearing from people in terms of fatigue and drama and conflict and judgment and shame and everything else. I just felt like this was a time just to be open and vulnerable with experiences that I had this week. So I'm going to leave you with a couple of things towards the end of this conversation as a review, other than going back through and thinking about conversations we've had before. What has formed your spirit, your generous spirit, your loving spirit, your empathy? And why is that such a gift? And how can you present that gift in a better way, right? How can you accept it for yourself? How can you wrap it up? How can you present that and just focus on that one gift? How can you do that for yourself this week? So that is today's conversation. If these conversations, the last 15 weeks, have been at all helpful to you, I hope that you will leave a review on whichever platform you listen on. It would mean a lot to me. I hope that you will join us on our Facebook group, the Conversations with Anna podcast, because that's really where I'm spending my time (laughs) on Facebook now is in that group. And the more people we have, the more conversations we can have there for sure. I would love to have emails from you. I would love to see you on my social media feeds, my um, Facebook page, Golden Ticket Prof. I have Golden Ticket Prof on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as Anna Stump, and I am on Twitter as A.M. Stump. So I would be happy to engage with you outside of these conversations and would love your feedback and to hear from you. And any ideas that you have for other conversations that we could have, I would love to hear those from you too. So I hope that you had something meaningful for yourself in this conversation. I know I sure did. Mm -hmm.